Hi everyone and welcome to the Grey Diaries podcast, the podcast that serves as a journal for all things pertaining to grief, loss and death. My name is Tony Peters, aka Tonyverse, and I'll be your host. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Grey Diaries. I hope you're all doing well. Um, yeah, this is the place where you enter, you make your journal entries about grief. Um, hopefully today's episode has stuff that you can, you know, learn from, key takeaways and, you know, just essentially equip you with something to make your grieving process a little bit lighter. Um, today I have with me a guest. I always have a guest, actually not always, but I do have a guest again. Um, and this is someone who is in my, I, I, I guess I'd say as a mental health advocate, um, started up a platform for called Signed Up for Men to Express Themselves. Um, was it for men? It was for was Nigerians. It, it was for Nigerians. It was for okay. everyone, yeah. It was yeah. for Nigerians. And we know how Nigeria is a madhouse. So I thought it was like really cool um, that, you know, somebody was paying attention to the mental health space in Nigeria. Mm. Um, yeah, we have a bunch of mutuals. So like, even though we've not met, I, have we met in person? I don't think we have. I don't, I don't um, think so. Yeah, it just feels like a very, you know, natural, easy conversation to have with someone, you know, a stranger a friendly stranger, I guess. Um, but I think I'll let <laughs> like you do term. more explaining, more introduction. Tell us about yourself, your name, your background, and everything, really. Okay. Um, my name is Fumilade. Um, background, everything. I don't know, man. I, it, I always have a hard time introducing myself other than saying my name. Uh, but as Tony said, I, I'm a mental health advocate. Um, that's not my profession, uh, but it's a huge part of who I am. And I try to weave it into everything that I do. Uh, but uh, by profession, I'm a UX designer um, and a cook. Um, I like to do that on the side because it's fun and it's nice to meet people that way as well. Uh, but I, I don't know, how do I define myself outside of my work? Um, I because it feels weird or outside of like my nationality or my faith. Um, these are like the main things that people usually say when you ask them who they are. I think we say these things because it makes people identify with us. So yeah, yeah. Um, I guess the other things are just identifiable factors. But yeah, a great True. intro. It wasn't as bad Thank as you Thank you. I tried. I tried my best. <laughs> you tried. You tried. Um, I think so... Essentially, um, Grey Diaries is all about grief. It's a really grim topic for some people. Um, but for me, I think I found it necessary. Um, yeah. I think one thing that was a catalyst for me to start Grey Diaries was losing mutual friends. So someone would pass and, you know, they'd be a friend of so many of my friends and they wouldn't be yeah. my friend. But because so many of my friends are grieving, I used to feel like, oh my God, what can I do? What can I say? Yeah. Like, how do you help people? And I guess when you, the, the one thing about being Nigerian is the circle is very small. Um, and, you know, I, they, they say in life, you have six degrees of separation to the next person. In Nigeria, it's mm-hmm. 0.5 degrees of separation <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Facts, facts. Um, so yeah, so you know these things being so close to me i was like the mental health space the grooving space and everything that pertaining to these things in nigeria is non-existent um and as somebody who's very 
very very vocal in the nigerian space i thought you know gray diaries matters to nigerians it matters to everybody in the world because everybody loses somebody at some point but i think primarily the nigerian space was um you know was uh was a big you know target for me um and you know, when I thought about like what exists in the Nigerian mental health space, I, I remembered signed up. So tell, talk, um, I guess, talk to me about, talk to us about signed up a bit. Okay. Um, so first of all, signed up doesn't exist anymore. Um, I know that. Unfortunately, just in case anyone is, is wondering, um, but signed up was created um because while I was in Nigeria um, doing my NYC and working, um, I was, you know, at a point in time trying to, uh, you know, find someone to talk to, like a, a therapist at that point in time. And I was also working with a mental health organization, funny enough. Um, we worked with, um, with kids with autism. So I had a lot of connections with psychiatrists and child psychologists and stuff like that. Um, so for me, I had that network, although they were not the people I wanted to see, at least I had like a, a foot in into that that community um, but i realized how difficult it was for anyone else who didn't have that privilege to be able to to reach out or even have a number or an idea of who to to reach um, and so signed up was you know a way for me to to bridge that gap um, for people to be able to find therapists online in nigeria at that point in time um, and for us to also vet the, the professional because a huge thing um, for people, a huge criteria for people when finding a professional is trust, trust and, and, and credibility. So that was something that we were working super hard on. It wasn't very easy at all because there's no database, no college of therapists or like regulatory board. So it was like, do I know you? Have I seen your office? Have I like seen you do this work in real life? Okay, sure. That's as much trust as I can, I can validate. Um, but yeah, another huge part of signed up at that point in time was the online community where people could also talk anonymously and you know share stuff that they were going through. Like I think it was a great way for people to express themselves without having to pay thousands of naira to okay. see a therapist. Um, but yeah, that's that was the premise um, behind signed up at the time. And while this was happening, um, how involved were you like with the online community space, for instance? Oh, I was I was on there all the time, <laughs> as often as, as I could be, because one of the things that I had done while setting it up was take some some online trainings on like active listening and um, you know suicide intervention, crisis intervention, so that like I could also, you know, respond appropriately to people uh, without being a therapist, but also being like an, an effective listener. Uh, being like an effective resource. I think that was that was very important for the community at that point in time. Um, so yeah, I was on it as like as much as I could when I wasn't working my day job, I was on there. Okay, so with, I guess, now, this is bringing it back to Great Diaries, how, with that experience, how often or how little did you come in contact with people that were grieving? Hmm. Um, that's interesting because it depends on how you define grief, right? If we talk about grief with regards to the death of a loved one, I don't remember. Um, but grief, I think, pertains to loss and loss can pertain to anything. 
outside of just um, the death of, 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 of a loved one. Um, so there were a lot of the issues that were talked about were about relationships. And obviously you can grieve relationships, you can grieve the loss of relationships. Um, and it may, it may look different from, oh, my best friend passed away and you know it's been a while i've just been thinking about them kind of thing it, it it's it might not sound like that you know that might not be the typical voice of grief that we're 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 used to hearing um, but when you talk when you hear people talk about you know family relationships personal family relationships that they don't have anymore um due to their personal life choices and you can tell that it's it's causing a strain in their life that they may not know how to handle um, because maybe the other party is not willing to engage. Um, that that is that is part of grief. That is part of the guilt and the confusion that comes out of grief. I think that we can all relate to if we think about how we've grieved certain things in our lives. Um, so having those you know conversations and also being able to validate those experiences, um, I think were were my my experience of of handling grief on on stand up at that point. Okay. And personally, have you experienced any like um loss of a loved one? What's your personal experience with grief? Mm, loss the two people who have been closest to me that passed were um my grandparents, um on my dad's side. Funny enough, I was when my grandma passed, I was very young, I don't know, like twelve. Um and I don't, I don't remember grieving in a way that I understood grief at all. I just remember being at the burial. It was a massive party. I know grandma had died. Um, yeah, that was, that was really all I remember. There's been a few times in the in recent years where I've thought about her and like actually like shed a tear. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like how, like what is going on right now? This is many, many years after I ever even tried to process this situation. Um, and I think maybe that was it. Like it didn't have to be a super grand um, mm-hmm. moment or timeline of, of grief, but I think I grieved her in the way that I needed to. Um, and the other person that I have lost was my, or her, her husband, my, my grandfather, who also passed away um, two years ago, I would say. Um, and that was, that one was that one was tougher. Um, I don't think I missed his burial, unfortunately. Um, and I think for me, how grief shows up in that way is regret uh, that I didn't get to be there. Um, I was writing an exam here, and I got to Nigeria like the day after or the week after his burial. So it was just like my whole family had come back and they're like, "You missed it." <laughs> like i was like i'm like i'm sorry like yeah so that was like grief in in that case showed up as as regrets and um oftentimes like i I find myself holding on to you know certain physical objects that were his um and you know even like the booklets from the burial like i have still like two years after um because it was like okay well i wasn't able to be there but this is how like i can sort of I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 I don't think it's something that has fully come full circle yet. And I'm sort of giving that it's, it's, it's time to do its own thing. Um, do you think grief comes full circle? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it does. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. 
I don't know, maybe maybe we reach an acceptance. I think there's an acceptance part of grief where that might not be a full circle moment, but it is a more suitable place to be, I would say. Um, um are you aware of yeah. the five stages of grief? Um, I know a couple like denial, anger. And acceptance Those are the three that I know. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Okay. Um, so I think, I think what I've come to understand about the grieving process is you don't go through all of them. Um, mm. I it, it varies for different people. Um, yeah. So it's you know the anticipation of act- acceptance. I think mm. is it. I don't know where it falls. But it's something mm. that a lot of people, you know, are just like, when will I get to that part where I'll find peace with this? Um, and what acceptance looks like is, uh, bruv, I don't know, man. Um, mm. I want to step back a bit to um, when you spoke about your grandma and how you said sometimes you think about her and you cry. I guess my next question for you is, um, you know, I mean, we've spoken about our personal experiences um, relating to grief. Um, but what would you say, or how would you say you find society's general response or approach to loss slash grief, especially in the Nigerian community? Um, <laughs> I think, I think if we, if we look at the current conversations that we've been having on, on Twitter right now <laughs> with regards to relationships, I think we can see how people deal with loss. Um, humor. Um, humor. Humor. Because the weight of loss is sometimes kind of like, you know, shift your entire world from under you, I think. Um, I think humor, humor is great. Um, obviously there's a lot of vices that you can use to mask grief and to deal with loss. And I think we've mastered them very well. Um, religion being, being one of them, um, in a way that I, I feel that, um, there's been certain situations I've seen religion being used to not make space for people's feelings. Um, it, you know, it, yeah, like, you know, this was God's plan kind of thing. Like, God took this person away at this point in time because this was the time for the person to go and it's like fair enough mate but like <laughs> but like I'm also feeling a lot of things right now and I'd like to deal with that first but oftentimes it's like well if you don't believe that God this is part of God's plan then maybe your faith is kind of weak and it's wow. like you know, and if 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 I accept that my faith is weak then who am I right like how, how does that shape my identity um how does that shape the person I, I believe that I have been all this while um, how does that shape who I am to God? You know, if I'm like, well, God, this is not your plan and I'm here crying because part of the, you know, a lot of the times it's like, no, so far not, like, you know, leave it in God's hand, cast your burdens yeah. or at his feet. Fair enough, man. Like, <laughs> I would do that. But can I also have the space to grieve? Like, yeah. can I not be be strong for one second? Um, you know, families celebrate life after death. Like, we're celebrating life. And that's like, that's a fantastic thing to be able to, you know, you know, gather with your friends and family and talk about the good times, man. But like, I, I often wonder what people deal with after that, you know, when they're by themselves and these things hit 
and when no one else is around, like I often wonder what what's what that is like. Um, yeah, like humor, humor is humor is fantastic because <laughs> you can just catch yourself laughing for no good reason. <laughs> like, why is Honestly. it so funny? <laughs> Honestly, I do feel like when you're like when you have heightened emotions, like when you're sad and you see mm. something funny, it becomes a more funny just because you're sad. Like, I, I don't know what it is about humor. It's just as a coping mechanism, as a vice, whatever the case is, mm. it's very... It's very distracting, effective. Very effective, <laughs> distracting, enabling. It's so many things in one. Um, but yeah, I guess... Um, so you've actually sort of highlighted this already. I was going to ask, what would you say the weakest points of like the community's grieving is um but so that's like we've pointed out the weaknesses but what does healthy grieving actually look like like in your opinion Hmm. i would say letting the grief play its course um you know we talked about the different stages and how you may not always go through every stage but I think even recognizing that you may not go through every stage. For example, if you like go from denial to acceptance and you don't do everything in between, like it doesn't mean that. I don't think it means that you didn't grieve that situation of that that person, right? Um, but yeah, I think I think I think honoring the process, let it play out like it wants to, um, and like. I would, I would say giving giving yourself the time, however long that might be. Um, I would, like, I, I would probably use a, a personal example to try and make sense of this. Um, I think one of the things that I've grieved the hardest, funny enough, is uh, is signed up. Um, that was one of probably one of my biggest quote-unquote losses I, I would say um because i don't think i was ready to let it go when i did um but I, I i had to and i remember when i was moving back to canada like the night before like i had a crazy panic attack like i was just like shit like is this really happening like how am i going to do this thing from there in my mind i was going to try and run it from here but obviously i would have to work and go to school and things like that like my time would be taken up um and so for, I would say like a year and a half, like I dealt with the grief of like, of signed up in the sense that like, I felt very guilty. Um, and, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, there was obviously that denial where I was like, trying to do as much work on it as I could from here. And it just wasn't yielding the results that it should have. Um, and then obviously going through like the depression stage of it, uh, being angry at myself. And then eventually like, I was like, man, like, you know, what if like it, it did what it was supposed to do and then like this is the course that it's meant to play, right? Like it took a while for me to to um to accept that. And that like after a while I was like, damn, that was some weird ass grief, man. That was some extensive grief. <laughs> do you think like that has shaped how you'd respond to like loss in other aspects of your life though? Yeah, I, f- I found that I I also react the same way. 
Like um, there's another sort of situation that I've been grieving and like I've realized like the patterns are very similar. Um, the length of time is very similar. Um, the sort of different stages and the behavior patterns are very similar. There's a lot of self-blame, a lot of guilt involved. Um, there's a lot of drawing on faith as by is this God's plan kind of thing. And, you know, well, God, like, why would you let this kind of thing happen? You know, there's all these questions are there. And it's, I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, it can be confusing sometimes, but I'm, and then that like anticipation of the acceptance is still there where it's like, fam, like, <laughs> when, when, yeah. when yeah. would this please. to me? Please, yeah, um, exactly. I think you've, like, I really like the things you said, but you've also said two things. I'm not sure if you're aware um, that I think I knew sort of you we know them but they're sort of like things I would like definitely highlight to somebody um that's grieving and the first one is one thing you just said like recognizing patterns mm-hmm. um and I feel like when we recognize patterns we sort of know how we've gone through them like how we handle the situation so um I know um you know, when I'm like, when I start a new job, the first thing that happens to me is the wave of imposter syndrome for the first week. Mm -hmm. So I then combat that by, you know, my daily affirmations, asking so many questions, Mm. um, you know, I just, you know, hyping myself up essentially and reminding myself you were hired at the end of the day. So facts. You can't be that much of an imposter (laughs) um and i guess recognizing patterns helps you like process like your your grief in a much more manageable way i i guess that's one and the second thing was something you said earlier was um it was response um Mm. and you spoke about active listening and um intervention um so when people are expressing themselves um be it suicide or crisis or whatever the case is and i think healthy grieving looks like having a response, like someone mm. that's there to respond to you, whatever you're going through. Um, mm-hmm. Active listening, it's, it's definitely underrated um, because I used to think, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an amazing listener, but mm. I, bruv, when I say I zone out, like I've zoned out in so many conversations. I'm just like, wait, sorry, 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 sorry. Please can start you, again. Can you repeat that? <laughs> and then, you know, when someone's explaining their grief, you can't expect, ex- you do- can't expect them to walk through that trauma all over again. So it's, it, it's a case of, okay, how do you actively pay attention to what they're saying? And, you know, com- like, com- com- comfortably, can't say that word properly, comfortably, <laughs> support them in just in just and acknowledge what they're saying mm. and the other one the the one about intervention um it's not always the case for other like a lot of people but there are people who do have crisis there are people that do have panic attacks there are people that have the good you know that have suicide um intentions so you know just being having that having knowing that there's that step of intervention between your thoughts and your actions I think that's a really like it really helps the grooming process um and it helps people like you know go back on track instead of veering off deeply in their emotions and their feelings because a lot of life is about how we feel as opposed to Mm. reality of what is happening and Mm. as human beings we have the tendency to dwell in our emotions more than anything 
Um, we remember things not not by how they happen, but how we felt. And yeah. how we felt then drives how we recount the story. Mm. I can tell a story of when I went swimming and I did Ovasabi and I jumped in the deep end. And I swam, 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 and I did not get anywhere. And I panicked and they had to pull me out of the pool. To my mom, that story is fear. Watching For me, that was just stupidity. So the story, like, so the way she narrated right. is mm. she probably thought I drifted to the deep side and I started drowning. And, you mm. know, she was scared for her daughter's life. Whereas I know that I went to go and show off when I really didn't have the skills. So and the way we feel is the way we re-narrate the story. And the, probably the way it, the, the, in both sides, there's a truth, I drown, but then like I was drowning, but in, there's also like based on, it, it probably wasn't even that stupid because I could swim. I just didn't <laughs> swim hard enough. Um, right. And to my mom, it's just that it, it probably wasn't as deep as my child is going to die. But, um, you know, there was fear. It's a, it's a scary moment. Um, yeah so you can't negate that based on how we feel and i feel like healthy grieving acknowledges those emotions and you know um and when there when there's an action that's potentially negative to come of how we feel intervention is necessary in healthy grieving. Mm. Mm. so yeah um mm. i, like I guess i like uh, yeah so that's my takeaway from today um cool. and i hope everybody that's listening could take that away as well um but i guess we're coming to the end um so we've discussed sort of like the grieving process and what healthy grieving looks like but what would you sort of advise or what practical steps would you give anyone that's currently grieving wow i don't know man <laughs> that's uh that's it, it question i'm trying not to sound too template like like i'm really not a bit template um i think what i think what you said is is huge i think in terms of you know recognizing the feelings making space for them um and one thing that i've been hearing a lot recently is that like feelings no matter how valid they are doesn't mean that they're true um and how you respond to them, which I think is where the intervention comes in, is like what, you know, molds the outcome, what molds your reality afterwards, right? Like, so if like, let me, let me give an example and say that like, when I was grieving signed up, all I was thinking, like I was feeling regret um, for having left this thing behind and then part of that regret was telling me that I was a failure because I left it behind while I was still accomplishing it. Lots of things here. Like I was still doing really well, you know, and, but my mind was like, you like, you, like you failed, obviously, like, why would you do this? And so that started to like shape how I saw everything else in my life. And I couldn't enjoy the good things that I, I was, I had that were in front of me. And so, you know, if you're 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 grieving something right now and you have those feelings right regrets is there confusion is there like anger is there sadness is there fair enough these things are they're they're markers they are they're you know the it's, it's language for our body to be able to tell us what's going on but we can also respond to them in in a way that wouldn't in a, in, a, in a healthy way let me let me say that mm. because i think we can respond to those feelings in a healthy way so if 
if you have the opportunity to do that, um, whether through speaking with trusted people, um, friends, family, people that affirm your grief and don't try and like hide it under the, the, the carpet, for example, um, you know, I, I would always recommend therapy, but it's not always an option for people. Um, but if, if that's something, if it's your faith that affirms your grief and also provides an intervention for you, then fantastic. Um, but I would say do what works and like give the space for the grief to like run its course. Um, and, you know, once you accept, you accept like, and don't feel bad for accepting either. It doesn't mean that you didn't lose something or that it wasn't of value. It just means that like you've, you've honored it, I think in the way that it deserved to be. Great. I really like that. Like honor your grief. That's, that's really important, quite profound, I may I add. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's about everything. Um, this, this was definitely um, a great conversation. Um, a Thank different you. way to look at grief. Um, yeah. I definitely enjoyed it. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, for anybody you. out there who listened, I hope you got something from this chit chat. And if you are grieving, uh, don't forget to reach out to Grey Diaries. Always there to support you and signpost you to where you can get greater support. Um, thanks for listening. And that's it from Tony Bears. Thank you for listening to the Grey Diaries podcast. I hope you were able to connect with that episode. If you were and you'd like to stay in touch or you'd like to play in future episodes, please reach out to us on our social medias at greydiaries.insta on Instagram and greydiaries underscore on Twitter. Sending you love and light. See you in the next episode.